Hello and welcome to Reality Bites, episode 133. Now with cops! For the week of February... For the week of February 24th, 2015, this is a Kier Studios production. We are your hosts, Lothan. Lauren Law. Hey. Oh, I, I actually did that on accident. Rofaxon. And Lauren Law, bringing you news about the downward spiral into the police state. If you'd like to sponsor this or any other shows made at Cure Studios, you can click on the donate button found in the top of the Cure Studios page. Again, thank you for sponsoring our show. Obviously, Slothin's a little gravelly today. Banter! All right, fine. Um, hey, I've been a little too loud. Maybe. So, uh, yeah, banter. I-, I guess I'll pick it up because apparently I'm standing up, which makes me more v- motivated. Yes, yes, yes. It's a new it's a new style for me, so as my little side, I am standing to do a podcast this week. Um, I think it actually gets me a bit more into it. Now, it's going to be harder for me to read some of these articles because the screen does not tilt upwards so I can look at it easily. But uh, other than that, I think we're going to have a good show. Um, so, Rofaxon, it's been a week since we've done a Reality Bites. What have you been up to? Mm-hmm. Well, um... Kind of in response to your standing thing, I'm actually going to be sleeping through the show. Well, no, that, is, that is something um, that you've done before. <laughs> no, they were just cat naps. It's I was resting my eyes. Well, you've cat napped. Uh, you played I'm, video games. You you basically just want to ignore the show. <laughs> you say it like it's a bad thing, Lore. I don't understand. Well, I'm trying uh, to make a quality no, actually, product here. Trying to make a quality product. Oh. oh, I'm sorry. I was confused about our motivations. Were you trying now, to make the worst uh, podcast? I, uh, I thought that's what we were going for. No. Whoops. Whoops. So tell me, tell me about your week, I guess. Okay. Well, I didn't get much sleep last night because I have a baby. So I'm tired. Uh, what else? What else? What else? I have been playing fun. Oh, Borderlands 2. I've been playing that. That's been an awfully lot of fun. Uh, I started playing Pokemon again just because I'm actually that nerdy. I didn't know you ever played. Uh, so I did that for a little bit. Yeah, played about a year ago for a little bit. And then I got bored, as I do, and quit. Uh, then I picked it up again for a little bit. Yeah. Which one? Uh, Leaf Green, I think it's called. Neato. I I have not played. I have not played any of the old old ones because I sometimes I will play really crappy graphics if it's like an awesome story. But I feel like Pokemon's Pokemon. I don't necessarily have to play the originals to understand what's going on in a yes. more current generation. But those are so, classics. Well, they are. Are classics, and maybe I'll play one of these days. But I'm playing Leaf Green for the time being. I never That's finished it. Enough. That's what I was playing last time. Yeah. Uh, played some Civilizations. Yeah, what else have I been doing? Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's other things. Actually, there was something I wanted to talk about, but it has completely slipped my mind, so... Yes, I guess that's pretty much it. Yeah. All right, Slothin, what have you been up to? Well, for a goodly-sized chunk of the week, I didn't have access to the internet, harassed oh my, my ISP, fiddled with the router, fiddled with the uh, modem, 
All to find out that it was my computer that was at fault. I had a corrupted windsock registries oh, yeah. that I had to delete and then forcibly recreate. So did you try using Linux to see if you could connect to the internet properly? I did. It didn't work. Because I was trying to do Were something that didn't do- work. I was going to say, if you're testing internet and you're using Linux to test internet, never test over Wi-Fi, because it's pretty fiddly. Test with the like, you know, Ethernet. No, no, I've not had any issue with my Linux install these last several years for Wi-Fi. I always have issues with Wi-Fi. I still can't get it to work on CrunchBang, but well, that's Crunch the computer Bang. using that... I like CrunchBang. Nothing's wrong with CrunchBang. Well, it's a little uh, sparse on some of its drivers and such like, because it's yeah, trying well, to be a streamed-down machine. it's a little sparse in general. Yeah, which is what I want, because I'm using it basically to run my Minecraft server when I do that. So I, I don't want the extra stuff. I guess. Um, I think Puppy, puppy would have been good. every time... No, Puppy rarely works with Wi-Fi. I've had a lot of trouble with Puppy and Wi-Fi. It could be the old machine. Because that's my testing distro. Well, it it could be. That's true. You figure old machine, old driver, so they'd all be in the libraries. Libraries. Maybe. Library. I don't know. Like I said, I, I I've not had any issue. I've 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 fiddled around with a little bit of Linux, uh, hopping mm. distros here and there, mostly Puppy, but um, and other little little random distros, but. You know, I usually stick with my uh, Linux Mint. It's it's easy enough, and it's got everything I need. So I, I've never had any problems with it. At least these last. I couple will of times. admit, I've never had problems with Mint in particular, but all the other distros I have, and Mint's just it's so big these days. It is truthfully, it, it it's rather bloated, but that means yeah, Windows it works is with more bloated. Don't get me wrong. But... Very true. Very true. Yeah, Mint's a little on the bloated side, too. And we ramble about Linux, because apparently that's what we do. So did you do anything else, Slothin? Well, I fixed it yesterday, and then while I was using the... Well, I fixed the Wi-Fi the night before, having figured out it was my computer, but mine's the one I usually set up the Wi-Fi and all on, so I had to do that with somebody else's computer. Then I figured out what was wrong yesterday, fixed it, and was watching videos on YouTube while waiting to fall asleep, and encountered a fan-made Pokemon game called Pokemon Fusion Generation that uses, like, there's the memes these days of the the combined Pokemon where you can do the me- Pokemon Fusion. Well, this game basically uses that concept, and I've been playing that since basically I woke up this morning. Well, I, hmm. since I hunted it down, because it's relatively difficult to find on the internet, because, uh... The Pokemon company sort of pulled the DMCA firestorm and got it destroyed from most of the internet. But if you know where to find look for things, you can find them, even if somebody had them removed. It's interesting. Um, weird, weird fusions. They did, they did not go for the idea of just picking the ones that people would like or think were cool. There's like Wormple Lord, which is a whale lord mixed with a wormhole. And I've decided to sit down, so <laughs> it, it was being too difficult to uh, view anything, so I'm screwing in the, the stand right now to make sure it doesn't collapse on me, but I can't tell which direction I'm supposed to go, and I'm not wearing headphones, so I can't hear 
Rofaxon, so if he say anything, I'm sorry, I'm not hearing it. Nah, I'm not saying anything. Except that you just did say something. Well, that's true. I'll also say that I don't understand in LibreOffice, if you put a star, then text in another star, it makes it bold. That doesn't make sense to me. Then you have to do Control-Z to unbold it. What the heck, LibreOffice? I don't know. I've, I've had issues with LibreOffice. I mean, Word is fine, but uh, LibreOffice has uh, slight issues in com- compatibility with the uh, particular... If you export it as a doc, which I do mm-hmm. because I try to upload uh, what I write, and the only thing they'll take is like PDFs, which they don't really like, and docs. And yeah. if if you're making a physical book, you have to export it as a PDF, which they'll accept, and that's fine. But if you try to upload it via a doc, you, you miss out on uh, headers and footers and page formatting. goes all awry. So I guess that's additional things I've been doing. <laughs> well, I guess that's being said. It might be time to do the show where we talk about news and stuff. So first yes. up this week is Rofaxon because you missed out last week because you're a pansy. Sorry, I was sick. I don't care. I did, yeah, yeah, I really did, did not feel well. I don't cover that in the week of stuff I did, because it's stupid. No one cares about me. Uh, let's see. Treatment to stop Alzheimer's steps closer as scientists discover key inhibitor molecule. Scientists have discovered a molecule that can interrupt an important stage in development of Alzheimer's disease. The molecule sticks to faulty proteins and stops them forming toxic clusters in the brain. The UK... Uh, sorry, the UK and Swedish researchers suggest that finding wait the UK and Swedish researchers suggest their findings will help the discovery of drugs that could halt Alzheimer's disease progression. They write about their discovery and its implications in the journal Nature Nature Structural and Molecular Biology. Lead author, Dr. Samuel Cohen, a research fellow at St. John's College in Cambridge, UK, says with studies like theirs, we are beginning to reap the rewards of their extensive work that has been done to increase our understandings of the microscopic processes involved in the development of Alzheimer's, he adds. Our study shows for the first time one of these critical processes being specifically inhibited and reveals that by doing so we can prevent the toxic effects of protein aggregation that are associated with this terrible condition. Many functions in cells are carried out by carefully folded proteins. Folding is an energy efficient way of ensuring distant parts of the protein molecule that needs to interact are near each other. Some of these structures are complex and need the help of housekeeping molecules called chaperones. A key step in the development of Alzheimer's and other degenerative diseases is the accumulation of nucleation of misfolded proteins, known as amyloid fibrils. They do not disperse or dissolve away, but form toxic clusters and help the disease spread in the brain. The molecule that the international team has discovered is a chaperone called brycose that sticks to threads of amyloid fibrils and stops them coming into contact with each other, thus breaking the toxic chain reaction. 
Brycos interrupts change reactions that speed up progression of Alzheimer's. Previous work by this team and others suggest there is another critical step in the development of Alzheimer's disease. And amyloid fibrils begin to form. They cause other proteins to misfold and form small clusters called oligomers. These are highly toxic to nerve cells and are thought to be responsible for the devastating effects of Alzheimer's disease. This second stage, called secondary nucleation, is what scientists believe sets off the chain reaction that speeds up the progression of Alzheimer's. Without secondary nucleation, single molecules would have to misfold and form clusters without help, a much slower and less devastating process. Thanks to the huge amount of work that has gone on in this field, the team has collected a wealth of data so they can so they can model what happens not only as Alzheimer's progresses, but also what happens if a step is interrupted or switched off. The study shows that Brycos effectively block secondary nucleation and stop the chain reaction that speeds up Alzheimer's disease. In humans, Brycos help proteins avoid misfolding. Lab tests show that when the chaperone encounters an ambroid amyloid fibril, it binds itself to sites on its surface, forming a coating that stops it helping other proteins to misfold and nucleate into toxic oligomers. Tests in living mice confirmed that the molecule suppressed the chain reaction from secondary nucleation. Dr. Cohen says that it may not be difficult to find other molecules that do this. Until recently, it had, been, it had just been unclear what to look for, he notes. I feel like we've had something with this particular doctor in the past before. But Alzheimer is bad, stopping it is good. Yes, I agree. Um, any new kind of processy where we can see we can halt some sort of mental degradation is always good in my opinion. Um, we keep living longer. I want to live, you know, just as sharp as I was when I was young, when I'm older. Hopefully this sort of research will continue to help us uh, advance that sort of technique. No thoughts, Slothin? Other than my finding their descriptions of things not particularly good. Well, I mean, they could have just said, hey, it's stopping the misfolds of these certain cells, which cause the Alzheimer's-like uh, degradation of the mental facilities, faculties. That's all they really had to say, which I think is neat in itself. So, Slothin, tell us the next story. Stopping HIV with an artificial protein. You will have to make this font much larger. Um, okay. Wait. Is it working? It worked! For 30 years, researchers have struggled to determine which immune response best responses best foil HIV. Information that has guided the design of AIDS vaccines and other prevention approaches... Okay, now a research team has shown that a lab-made molecule that mimics an antibody from our immune system may have more protective power than anything the body produces. Keeping four monkeys free of HIV infection, HIV infection, despite injection, injecting injection of large doses of the virus. You might make that a little bigger. Sorry, pretty big, dude. Intensive hunts are underway for natural HIV antibodies that can stop or neutralize the many variants of the constantly mutating AIDS virus. Researchers have recently found several dozen broadly neutralizing antibodies, BNABs, 
I just like calling them that, that are highly potent and work at low doses, but viral immunologist Michael Farzan of the Scripps Research Institute in Jupiter... Jupiter, And his Florida. 33... <laughs> Jupiter, Florida, <laughs> sir. Sorry. In Jupiter, Florida. Ruining my fun. And 33 co-workers have recently taken a different strategy, building a novel molecule based on our knowledge of how HIV infects cells. HIV infects white blood cells by sequentially attacking two re- attaching two, two, two receptors on their surfaces. First, HIV's own surface protein, GP120, docks on the cell's CD4 receptor. This attachment twists GDP120 such that it exposes a region of the virus that can attach to the second cellular receptor, CCR5. The new construct combines a piece of CD4 with a smidgen of CCR5 and attaches both receptors to a piece of antibody. In essence, the AIDS virus locks onto the construct, dubbed ECD4-LG, as though it were attached to a cell and thus is neutralized. In test tube experiments, ECD4LG outperformed all known natural HIV antibodies at stopping the virus from infecting cells. Farzan's team reports in this week this week's issue of Nature to test how it works in animals. They then put a gene for ECD4LG into a harmless virus and infected four monkeys. The virus forces the monkeys' cells to mass produce the construct. When they challenged these monkeys and four controls with successively higher doses of an AIDS virus for up to 34 weeks, none of the animals that received ECD4LG became infected, whereas all the untreated ones did. The new study ups the ante on similar gene therapy approaches with natural antibodies that six years ago showed promise in monkey experiments. This is an un- accompanying nature editorial by AIDS vaccine researcher Nancy Haigwood at Oregon Health and Science University in Beaverton. I am a huge fan of this paper. It really very creatively and it is really very creative and a breakthrough as far as I'm concerned. Pediatrician Philip Johnson of the Children's Hospital in Philadelphia in Pennsylvania, whose lab in 2009 showed success with a gene therapy that delivers an HIV BNAB adds that ECD4LG is a beautiful thing. That's probably as much as we need to go. Sure. Well, here we are again. Maybe a possible cure and or eliminator of the whole HIV to AIDS process at all, which is a wonderful thing. Yep. AIDS is bad. AIDS is bad. Sure, Unless you're using good. it to kill cancer. Uh, yes, the AIDS cancer research is very interesting as well. Yeah, which... Cancer's bad, unless you're using it to kill AIDS. There is that, because there is research <laughs> there. No. <laughs> I don't know if I could say that, because I don't know if they've ever used cancer to kill AIDS. No, no, they were treating leukemia and accidentally treated AIDS. Yes. Yes. All right, I guess I'll move on to a more interesting topic. Uh, scientists propose cortical modem implant to give you Terminator vision. The U.S. military research agency DARPA foresees a tiny implant that could restore sight loss or give you heads-up display without a helmet or glasses. Forget HoloLens, forget smart glasses, and forget augmented reality. Scientists have proposed a cortical modem that plugs into your DNA and your visual cortex to cure sight loss and show heads-up display in front of your very eyes. The cortical modem concept is the brainchild of DARPA, the U.S. Defense Research Agency 
or Research Project Agency, originally founded in 1958, in response to the launch of Sputnik, DARPA is the U.S. military's research and development agency. It's perhaps best known outside of military circles for the development of ARPANET, an early packet-switching network that performed a uh, precursor to the Internet. The cortical modem concept was presented by DARPA Phillips, uh, or DARPA's Philip Alvelda at a recent powwow in Silicon Valley, at which innovators, investors, and other big brains were introduced to the agency's Biological Technologies Office, BTO, a blue sky thinking initiative announced last year. During the event, transhumanist uh, publication H Plus reports that DARPA was described on stage as friendly but somewhat crazy rich uncle. That crazy rich or or that crazy rich or crazy rich uncle foresees the device providing a heads-up display or augmented reality projection appearing in your natural vision with no helmet or smart glasses or anything else at all in front of your eyes, like the Terminator or Robocop or something less shooty. The short-term plan is for tiny de- for a tiny device about the size of two coins that would give you a heads-up display somewhere around the level of an LED alarm clock. It could cost just ten dollars. The cortical modem is rooted into the field of optogenetics, which involves studying and even controlling specific cells with living tissue by shining light on them. Light-responsive proteins can be added to the brain of living beings, allowing scientists to turn neurons on or off with never-before-seen precision. They can then study neurological activity at the same event, presenting real-time visual maps of mouse thoughts, and potentially even controlling that activity. Perhaps one day correcting neurological disorders. You know, what did they just say there? They have a real-time visual map of mouse thoughts, okay? And they could even potentially control thoughts, is what they're saying here in this last sentence. Yeah, just Mm, to correct neurological disorders. That'll be fine. Yeah, it sounds a little crazy. Uh, Anyway, the cortical modem could do just that, restoring sight into someone with sight loss. Optogenetics is still a relatively young field of study, However, has yet to be tested in humans. It would require fiddling around with the DNA in a subject's neurons, which, let's face it, isn't the sort of project you dive into on a Friday afternoon. The DARPA event also covered such mind-boggling science fiction becomes science fact topics as insect cyborgs, exoskeletons, and life-size robot elephants. Check out Humanity Plus magazine for more! What an advertisement right there at the end. So, yes. Restoring sight? Yay! Uh, giving you a heads-up display? Okay. Being about $10? That's kind of cool. With the option of controlling people's minds? Oh, my God. What? What? Did you just slip that in there? It is It is like a second half of a sentence, and they just slipped that in there. Sorry. Was it even on? I don't know. That that requires more than a sentence. It I does. Feel. It does. Like, was that a typo? No, well, I I did- let me read it again. Okay. Uh, this is about the turning on and off of neurons using light, okay? Because there's right, light-responsive proteins yeah. in the yeah. brains of yeah. living beings. Okay, fine, fine. And they say they can then study neurological activity at the same event presenting real-time visual maps of the mouse thoughts. Okay, so they're able to look at the thoughts of a mouse, not necessarily being able to interpret it, but then we move on and it says, and potentially even control that activity. 
perhaps even one day correcting your neurological disorders. We're going to be able to control some of your brain. Now, it doesn't mean that they know what they're doing when they're controlling it, but they could, you know, shut something off or turn something on. If there's a neurological disorder in there that is based upon, you know, rapid firing of things that shouldn't be firing so much or the not firing of certain things, maybe they could go in there and do something about it. But the way they worded it... Conspiracy theories. Well, I know, but the way they worded it sounds like, oh, we can control thoughts! Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, th- I feel like that was a very poor way to word it. Uh, poor way to word it, perhaps. Also, a scary way to word it, which makes me want yeah. to continue to pay attention to this, not just for the fact that it's a very interesting science, you know, giving sight back to people who are visually impaired, and also giving up heads-up yeah, yeah, display cool. for just $10, which it probably won't be. It'll probably be much, much more. It won't be. I don't know where they got that number, but there's no way it's going to be that bright. It's, there's no way it's going to be that cheap. Right. So, I Well, think... maybe it will be that cheap, but then there'll be the quote-unquote installation fee, which will be like $3,000. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the part itself is really cheap, and installation's, you know, a bitch. All right, sir, guess whose turn it is? It's Rofax's turn. Tell us a story. Ugh. <sighs> I don't want to read this story. Scientists grow hair using stem cells. Man, I'm glad your priorities are in the right place. All right. For the first time, a team of U.S. scientists have developed a technique to convert human stem cell to convert human stem cells into a type of cell that is capable of initiating hair growth. When these cells were transplanted into mice lacking hair. They successfully induced human hair growth, which would look funny on a mouse, suggesting that with further development, this method could lead to cell-based treatments for people suffering hair loss. This method is a marked improvement over current methods that rely on transplanting existing hair follicles from one part of the head to the other, lead scientist Alexei Tursky said in a news release. Our stem cell method provides an unlimited source of cells from the patient for transplantation and isn't limited by the availability of existing hair follicles. Hair loss, or alopecia, affects a significant number of people worldwide. It's estimated that around 30 million women in the U.S. suffer from hereditary hair loss and as many as 50 million men. Alopecia can be caused by a variety of factors from genetics to environment, such as skin conditions or certain drugs. Not all hair loss is permanent, and for some people it's reversible. For example, when caused by chemotherapy or nutritional deficiencies, while it's possible to slow down the progression of hereditary hair hair loss with treatment, unfortunately there's no cure for this condition. Realizing that need for better treatment to help people with permanent hair loss, scientists from Sanford Burnham began contemplating the potential use of stem cells. Embryonic stem cells, which are derived from very early mammalian embryos, are undifferentiated blank slate cells, meaning they have not yet assumed a particular role or function. Scientists are particularly interested in the cells they have Oh, I'm sorry. And scientists are particularly interested in these cells because they have the ability to become <laughs> any cell in the human body, promising an almost unlimited supply of a particular cell type. For the study, which has been published in PLOS One, scientists stated or started off by turning these human embryonic stem cells into neural crest cells, 
which are a type of cell that appear early on in development and that turn into cells of the nervous system, pigment containing cells and components of the skeletal system among other things. Then they converted these cells into dermal papalia cells which are known to regulate hair follicle formation and growth cycle. These cells were then transplanted under the skin of, a, of immunodeficient nude mice, which, as the name suggests, lack body hair. These mice are useful in scientific research because they can receive grafts and transplants without rejecting the tissue. The researchers found that the cells were able to induce hair follicle formation in the mice and were much more useful than transplanting dermal papilla, which were isolated straight from human scalps. That's because these cells can't be obtained in sufficient quantities and quickly lose their ability to induce hair follicle formation when grown in dishes. Our next step is to transplant human dermal papilla cells derived from human pluripotent stem cells back into human subject, said Therese We are currently seeking partnership to implement this final step. So there is a quote that someone or the other, maybe Gene Roddenberry, or I think so, uh, anyway, I was at a convention, and, and they were asking about Captain Picard, and they are like, you know, if it's like all in the future and stuff, at this point in time, wouldn't they, why is Captain Picard bald? Because at this point in time in society, wouldn't we have a cure for baldness? And his response was, if we're this developed as a society, we won't care. And I'm sorry, I really like this quote, and I think this is a waste of time. And my but response someone's going to pay for quote, it, so fine. His, my response to his quote is bullshit. Humanity will never give up caring about appearances. We're we're kind of vain, but then again, if you think about it, if it's if it's normal for everyone to have hair, if you want to stand out a little bit, all you got to do is be a little bit bald. And Captain Picard well, rocks that baldness. He rocks it. Oh. yeah, he does. He's. I think a lot of people can pull off being looking dignified while bald, but Captain Picard, or I mean. Patrick Stewart is the epitome of being able to pull that off because he actually looks better bald than he would with hair. I'm completely convinced. I've seen him with a wig. Uh, I think he was playing a Roman soldier or something like that. And uh, right. while he looks like Patrick Stewart and, and maybe a little younger looking, I guess, he does not look mm. as formidable a character as he does yeah. when he's bald. Bald is beautiful. Or I it think- can be. I think it can be. And, you know, I just think that you should embrace, you know, if you've got cancer, don't be like, oh, embrace the cancer, because, I mean, that's going to kill you. You should probably take care of that. But if you're just bald, just embrace the fact that you're bald. You can make that look good. Though, personally, I like having long hair. hair transplant, silly. I, I like having long yeah, hair. Yeah, I if do, it's too. Cheap, if it's cheap, I, I might consider it, because it, it, it's one I of my it. characteristics of, of who I am is to have my long hair. And it is thinning now, so yes, probably, I don't know, in the next couple of years, you you may see me rocking the bald look if my skull looks all right. If it doesn't, then I'll just be wearing yeah. hats. <laughs> well, yeah, it, if I go bald, I'm just going to embrace that. And at that point in time, I would cut my hair. I'm not going to be like one of these old hippies that are completely bald on top with long stringy hair because that doesn't look good on anybody. It's just, Bullshit. but I'll embrace that. If I lose my, huh? Bullshit. Who does that look good on? It will look good on me when I don't have hair in the middle of my head. 
Uh, no, it won't. Yes, it will. He'll I just, think when, he'll he'll when come I'm... over his beard onto the top of his no. head. Yeah. He'll I'll do the beard over Benjamin Franklin. Yes. Oh, you'll do the Benjamin Franklin. Well, he did get a lot of uh, ladies, but that could just be because he was famous and rich. And I'll wear and round like prostitutes. Yeah, prostitutes. Yes. You know, and, as long as you can and afford he'll it. Start hiring prostitutes. Oh, it's true. Um, I don't know. I would just embrace the fact that I was bald. And if you want to embrace the fact you're bald with long hair, I personally don't like the style. But, you know, it's not like I'd stop being friends with you because of it. Uh, I don't know. This just seems... It seems like so much time and effort just to make people not be bald. It's like, get over it. That's well, not a big deal. anything that happens with this is probably an advancement. Uh, in in the in the state of stem cell research, which you know can do a lot more for other things, and since people are vain right now, and they may always be, um, when you do something in along the vein of being vain, you advance society in a more subtle way with these other things. Like what what caused the the VHS industry to boom, and beta, of course, as well. It, it was porn, porn sold. And yeah, so, if you yeah. rock these certain side yeah, but subjects, movies in general are sort of vain. Yeah, but if you all rock of these Hollywood side, is vain. If you rock these side subjects, uh, other advances can come from that. Uh, well, I mean, yes, uh, Hollywood is vain, but think about the VHS. It allowed us the time shift. Mm. We were no longer strapped down to watch the news when you had to, or watch a TV yeah, show if I you're know. into that. And it, it, time shifting is a very cool thing, because that means you're allowed I... to work anytime you want and not feel left behind. Yes, but also because we were allowed to time shift, people got completely addicted to TV shows because they really didn't have to miss any of their shows. They just record everything and then go watch it when they get home and waste their entire life. I'm just saying the VCR in particular was not that great of a thing in my opinion. I'm sorry. I, I'm going to have to differ on you this a, a little bit. Um, your idea of what is good for your life is not the same for everybody. And you saying that uh, someone enjoying media is is a waste of life is, is. Is, a bit, is a bit much. Because you, what is the point of life? There is no point. It's whatever you make it. And Okay. If, so by that logic, Hitler didn't do anything wrong. He just had different priorities. I'm not saying he didn't do wrong for me, but he did right for himself. However, I would uh. say he's it, like he broke autonomy, whereas watching a television show does not break autonomy. So therefore, you're free to do it, and I don't see anything wrong with that. I, I you personally, can do it. I personally wouldn't do it myself, though I do watch a fair amount of random things on the internet. But that doesn't mean that. Okay, but. By what you just said, that what's good for you is blah, blah, blah. I could argue that since there's no objective meaning of life, by the very nature of your argument, the VCR can't be good or bad. It's just a thing. You yes. can't say it's an advancement. You just have to say it's a thing. It's an advancement for my life because of time shifting because i enjoy watching things after the part and an advancement in my life would be get, being able to get my hair back and an advancement in my life would be able to regenerate organs if i wanted to as well but an advancement in my life would be but so the hair thing i think bald people look fine i like seeing bald people once in a while so it'd be going backwards in my life if you're going to make everything subjective like that. Well, see, what I you're doing, like bald no, 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 people. wait, 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 wait. You're pushing outwards. You're not actually thinking about autonomy here. 
You've pushed outwards and you said what someone else does makes no, me upset. No, this has nothing to do with autonomy. You said the VCR was an advancement. For me. I said it's not necessarily an advancement. For you. You do not have to take any of these new techniques. You don't okay, have to. Okay, so it's not an advancement. It's an Overall, advancement in my life, I said. It's an advancement for you, but it's not an advancement for me. So they even out and it's not an advancement. You can't call anything an advancement. It increases the number of things that people can choose to be the thing that they focus their life on. Which is an advancement in the whole scope because there are more things. I don't know. To make less things would be a detriment. Yeah, but the actual effect of the VCR is less things being made because people just watch the same thing over and over and over again. So the net effect is less things being made. So in that sense, it's not an advancement. We're not talking about making things. The, the point is that technology, generally speaking, anything that I would call an advancement, increases the number of choices people have in their lives. It increases the number of things that they can do. What, what life choice, what path you choose in your life. There are more available paths now because of technology. I don't so think like VCR the, the introduction the of lot. heroin, the introduction of heroin as a as a drug, a recreational drug, was an advancement in yes. human yes. society. Yes, I would agree with yes. that. PCP was. was an advancement yes. in human society. Yes, the nuclear killing Jews was an advancement in human no, society. That's taking away. That decreased the number of paths that can be taken. No, it didn't. It yes, it, it did. spawned a whole Nazi generation who hates Jews and likes to kill people. We still have Nazis to this day. Is there they a reason wouldn't have had gone... that choice? Is, I find it so interesting. A lot of these conversations do tend to wrap back up to. Hitler and Nazism. Because Hitler <laughs> is one of the few examples in history where we can all agree he was a bad guy. Well, you That's and why I that and Slothin can agree about that, but well, you know, not everybody. There's a few people, like the Nazis, who could not agree with that. But most people are like, Hitler's a bad person. We can agree on that. There's so, many, there's so few people that fit that mold well. But he did make advances if giving people more choices is advancement because today you can be a nazi that's an option you never used to have but now you do and it has spawned a huge following a twisted sick following but still a huge following i don't i just i don't know if i agree with this definition of advancement and you don't have to so i guess we'll move on and time for the police state news following slothin's lead continue the story reading Cop who pulled gun on teens responding to 9-11 call officials. Make you have it to grow. call the 9-11 call. <laughs> oh, I didn't even notice I did that. <laughs> Westchester oh, authorities say this caught-on-camera incident is nothing but a snow, a snow job. 30-second online video reportedly shows a new Rochelle cop pointing his pistol at two teens for having a snowball fight, much like an infamous Bronx confrontation involving an off-duty NYPD officer in 2010. But Westchester officials said Sunday that the new Rochelle cop was actually responding to a 911 call about a gun-wielding teen and that claims regarding a snowball fight were fiction. This video posted on YouTube with the 
Titled Police Draw Guns After Responding to Reports of Snowball Fights in New Rochelle, New York shows Sergeant Joseph Salerno with his gun drawn as he approaches a young male kneeling on the streets with his hands in the air. Don't fucking move, guys, Salerno warns. The cop is then seen frisking the male and another... And after a cut in the video, checking another teen kneeling on the sidewalk. A woman is heard saying, This group of guys was having a snowball fight and now the cop has a gun on them. This... Claim echoed an incident in which an off-duty NYPD cop pulled a gun on a group of Bronx teens after one of them threw a snowball at him, leading to a settlement in which the five kids each scored $60,000 from the city. Woohoo! <laughs> the blurry New Rochelle video was first reported by Talk of the Sound blogger Robert Cox, whom cops busted in October for alleg allegedly bashing a BMW with a baseball bat. New Rochelle Police Deputy Commissioner Anthony Murphy said Salerno and another cop, Matt Glass, were responding to a 911 call about a group of teens, including one who pointed a gun at another. And there, were, there was no snowball fight before the officers checked out the two men. I think the woman's comment about the snowball fight was edited in, edited in later on, he said. Mm, but I've heard el elsewhere that it was indeed a snowball fight, and it could just be because people watched that particular video. It's it's hard to tell, but obviously there was an incident before this where a snowball was thrown at a cop, and the cop drew his gun. Which, I think the appropriate response would be to grab more snow and throw it at the kid. But that's my opinion. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Not when you're on okay. duty. If you're, yeah, but he was he was off duty in that other story. Oh, that's a good point. Laura was talking now, about. Yes. Now think about it. You're having a snowball fight and you want to win. What's gonna work better, a snowball or a gun? It's like that saying, a don't snowball. bring a knife. Don't bring a no, no sloth in it. Won't. In, you, you, uh, 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 you said if you're having a snowball fight, what's going to win more, a snowball or a gun? A snowball, because a gun's no. not part of a snowball fight. That would no. be a gun fight. No. <laughs> sloth, and this is what you do: you shoot the person, and then you start throwing snowballs at them, and you hit way more often. It's very true. Not no, a moving target no, no. anymore. See what There's, you do is you make a toma a potato gun. And then you shoot snowballs out of that. Ah, yes. Ah, no. that would also work. But yeah, you would totally win a snowball fight if you shot the person first. I bet they wouldn't hit you more than once. And you'd hit them like 1,500 times. <laughs> Just yes, bury them in snow. In fact, you probably should. Yeah, because you don't want to... <laughs> anyway. For the record, we do not condone shooting people and then throwing snowballs at them. We, I don't really want to shoot anyone unless I'm being attacked. Anyway, by next, snowballs. By snowballs. So that article was from Boston. Was that right? Was it New York? Rochester or Westchester? I don't know. Some part of New York. Okay. So, well, speaking of New York, NYPD to launch a beefed up counterterrorism squad. The NYPD will launch a unit of 350 cops to handle both counterterrorism and protesters. Riding vehicles equipped with machine guns and riot gear under a re-engineering plan to be rolled out over the coming months. The Strategic Response Group, or SRG, will be devoted to advancing disorder control and counterterrorism protection, responding to the sort of demonstrations that erupted after Eric Garner grand jury decision and also events like the recent Paris uh, terror attacks. It will be equipped and trained in ways that our normal patrol officers are not. Oh, um, what is that called? Military? Paramilitary? Let's get the military out there. We don't need police officers anymore. It's fine. Anyway, it will be equipped with all the extra heavy protective gear, 
with the long rifles and the machine guns that are unfortunately sometimes necessary in these instances. Yeah, I'm going to have a protest and I'm going to get shot, right? Anyway, the department will Not do if a... you're in the free speech zone. Oh, if you're in the free speech zone, you'll just Make be Make sure gassed. you schedule in advance, though. Yeah. The department will do away with the current system that pulls cops off regular assignment to provide beefed-up presence at certain hotspots and critical incident vehicles. The unit, which will be operated by some or operational by summer, will be assigned to the Counterterrorism Bureau. Yay! Police state! Oh, wait, I understand that terrorists are a thing, and that they hurt people, and I understand that's bad. I'm not trying to downplay it. However, when did we wage war on America? Well, you see, it started back in the 60s. We used to well, wrangle up protesters and shoot them. Yeah. Uh, that's just... It's not even a police state anymore. It's just like martial law. Because the police, there aren't police anymore. There's just like military units wearing badges. That's what it seems like. Uh, do you, you don't need military equipment unless you're waging war. <laughs> so apparently we're waging what? This is ridiculous. Waging war on the American populace. You can't yes. protest anything because the only Terrorist. way. The only yeah, you'd be a terrorist. The only way that we're able to affect change is to vote people in the office who don't do what we want them to. Oh wait, that doesn't yeah. affect change at all, does it? Yeah. Well, and if you want to, that's one of the basic things we have is the right to protest. And now you've got a special force with machine guns to control po protesters. You don't need machine guns to control protesters. We don't even have overly violent protests here. I mean, you look at the protests in other countries, and they really are killing people. I'm not saying no one ever dies in a protest in America, but we don't have, like, ridiculously violent protests. Why do we need machine guns and military-trained personnel to control them? This is absurd. All right. It's terrorism. Give it's always terrorism. <laughs> give, us, uh, give us more... Uh, Give us more wonderful news, Rofaxon. Okay. Police, police seize property and cash in questionable raids. Police seized more than $24 million in assets from Michiganders. Is that a word? I don't Michiganders know. in 2013. Under asset forfeiture laws. In many cases, the citizens were never charged with a crime, but they still lost their property. Yep. Michigies. Uh, and yes, Michigan. Michigan. People from Michigan are called Michiganders. I had not heard that, but okay, I'll take your word for it. Thomas Williams was alone that November morning in Ooh, they're making it like a story. November morning in 2013, when police raided his rural St. Joseph County home, wearing black masks, camouflage, and holding guns at their side, they broke down his front door with a battering ram. It doesn't mention that they knocked first. We think you're dealing marijuana, they told Williams, a 72-year-old retired carpenter and cancer patient who is disabled and carries a medical marijuana card. When he protests, they handcuffed him and left him on the living room floor as they ransacked his home, emptying drawers, rummaging through closets, and surveying his grow room, where he was nourishing his 12 personal marijuana plants as allowed by law. Some had recently begun to die, so he had cloned them and had new seedlings, although they were not yet planted. That police insisted put him over the limit. 
They did not charge Williams with a crime, though. Instead, they took his Dodge Journey, his Dodge Journey, eleven thousand dollars in cash from his home, his television, his cell phone, his shotgun, and are attempting to take his Cologne Township home. Okay, sure. Uh, I don't know what that word is. And they plan to keep his proceeds auctioning off their property and putting the cash in police coffers. More than a year later, he is still fighting to get his belongings back and to hang on to his house. I want to ask them why. Why me? I gave them no reason to do this to me, said Williams, who says he is also suffering from glaucoma, a damaged disc in his back, and COPD, a lung disorder. I'm out here minding my own business and just want to be left alone. The seizure was allowed under Michigan's civil assets forfeiture laws, which allow police to take property from citizens if they suspect a crime was committed, even when there's not enough evidence to charge them. Homeowners like Williams have to prove they did not purchase their property with proceeds from criminal activities and then sue to get the property back. Guilty so, until proven innocent. Yes, that is exactly what it said. They, they have to prove that they are innocent. Such laws are currently under attack nationwide by critics and legislators who say it is ripe for abuse. U.S. Attorney General Eric Holder announced earlier this month that he was tightening federal forfeiture laws to stop abuses. Michigan, with its own forfeiture laws, was ranked in, 2010, in a 2010 national study by a private nonprofit group as among the worst in the nation for abuse. It's straight-up theft, says Williams Kalamazoo attorney Dan Grow. The Forfeiture penalty does not match the crime. It's absurd. They grow an extra plant and suddenly they're so subjected to forfeiture. A lot of my practice is made up of these kinds of cases. Middle-aged, middle-income people who have never been in trouble before. It's all about the money. Police targeted Williams because he had been on the, on the board of directors of a compassion club in Battle Creek an hour away and his name had turned up in records in a raid there. Gross said even though he had not been involved with the club since 2011, the, seize, the seizure Gros contends was particularly vicious. He is disabled and lives alone. They took the man's cell phone in his car and left him out there alone. He doesn't have a landline. He was stranded out there for three days until somebody stopped by. The agency that conducted the raid, the Southwestern Enforcement Team, operated by Michigan State Police, declined to discuss the case, except to say forfeitures are an important tool in fighting crime. The team, which operates in southwest Michigan, seized $367,612 in cash and assets this year. Should I go on? No, you're fine. Okay. Um, okay, you know why they didn't charge him with a crime? Because the, the, the money they'd get in whatever fines he'd have to pay in possible jail time, maybe, maybe, but the possible fines he'd have to pay were probably less than all the money they stole from him. They're like, you know what? Even if he was guilty, they would probably be like, you know what? I know you're guilty, but we could make way more money by stealing all your stuff. That... Yeah. It doesn't even make sense. Under, If they don't have the evidence to prove that he committed a crime, they should have to give the stuff back. Yep, and uh, here we are looking at this and we're saying, huh, crime may not pay, but being a police officer certainly can because oh, yeah. we'll just charge other people with crimes. Yeah. 
It's like my friend or even not, says. we'll just take their shit. Yeah, and they're, <laughs> and they're guilty. They're guilty unless they prove themselves innocent. That's the thing. They're just take. They're not even com- charging him with a crime. They're just stealing all his stuff. And yeah, it's like, and now he has an obligation to prove himself innocent. And I mean, people go on and on. They're like, oh, so great. You're innocent until proven guilty. But this is the opposite of that. You're guilty until you prove yourself innocent. And they're just stealing stuff. And if they weren't just stealing stuff, they'd have enough evidence and reason to believe that he was guilty to at least charge him. It's not like they charged him and then a court, a jury, found him innocent. They didn't even bother charging him. They're just like, got some nice stuff. Be a shame if something were to happen to it and took it all. all not right. to mention it is a little cruel that they stole his phone and car. Not to mention is extremely brutal just busting into his house. Instead of just knocking. Dude, he's some old dude. You could probably knock on the door and be like, hey... We're going to search your house if that's cool. He'd probably say yes, and if he didn't, they could get a warrant easily. They'd be like, oh, look, no pot. Or, oh, you've got a seedling, so that puts you over the limit, which is a really fine line. And I, they knew it wouldn't hold up in court. They were totally using this as an excuse to steal all of his stuff. This irritates me. Yes, I'm done with my I know. Rant. That's what civil asset forfeiture <sighs> is. It's just stealing from people. Well, you don't hear this on the evening news. I think. okay, you don't hear about it. I've been hearing about it for years. We've even reported on, you on the this evening show. news. On the Not evening news. Not on the evening news. news. I well, exactly. The news. It's my a waste of time. My point is, most people don't know that this is happening, so I'm okay with going on a little rant. Yes, 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 yes. Big deal. But I want to talk about who is Earl Sampson. Meet the Floridian man arrested 62 times for trespassing at work. Miami Gardens police have stopped and questioned a 28-year-old Florida black man a total of 258 times in four years, reports the Miami Herald. In addition to the stops, Earl Sampson has been searched over 100 times, arrested 56 times. The instances have been followed have fo- have even followed him to his place of work, the 207 Quick Stop, where Sampson has been arrested for trespassing 62 times, even though he works at the convenience store as a clerk. But out of all of these arrests, searches, and stops, Sampson's most serious conviction remains possession of marijuana. Concerned about the number of times he's witnessed Sampson as well as other quick stop workers and patrons be arrested and stopped by police, the store's owner, Alex Sale, installed 15 video cameras in his store to assist him in determining exactly why Miami Gardens police continued to target the same individuals. He also hoped to offer some form of protection to his customers and staff from what he describes as selective enforcement from the officers. According to the Herald, most of the people stopped are poor and black, and some of them have even stopped and frisked, have even been stopped and frisked as many as three times a day in the predominantly black neighborhood. There is no, just no justifying this kind of behavior, police policy consultant Chuck <coughs> Drago told the publication. Nobody can justify overstepping the Constitution, Constitution to fight crime. In the videos, videos, cops can be seen searching and arresting employees and patrons of the business, even though they are violating no laws. They are also shown searching the business without warrants, as well as roughing up people who aren't, aren't resisting arrest. Sale even claims that he has been harassed by officers, in one instance being stopped by six officers for a burnt tag light on his vehicle. I thought 
you know, there is a lot of serious crime in Miami Gardens, he said. Why do they need six police officers on a car stop with a burnt-out tag light? In, the in-, in that incident, he received a citation for a burnt-out tag light, tinted windows, and bald tires. Bald tires? That's just a dick move. Well, it's Florida. Different yeah. laws. Uh, doesn't change the fact that it's a dick move. Well, maybe. And they probably, <clears throat> yeah. and the tinted windows, they probably even cited him, even though they're probably within specs. Yeah. But police are frequently assholes when they've decided to be assholes. And this entire department seems to be run by assholes. Sale and his lawyer, Stephen Lopez, are now readying a federal civil rights lawsuit against the police department. They claim the department instructed officers to undertake an illegal stops of individuals and racial profiling, and he hopes the video footage will help him in this case. That Miami Gardens Police Department hasn't yet commented on the suit and claim and the claims of racial profiling. And it is suspected that they are planning to seize most of the uh, objects within the shop and claim that they are part of a drug deal. <laughs> I made that last bit up, because it just seems like something they do. I actually, you know, it's to the point, and I think this is a sad commentary on where we are. I thought you were serious. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right, and the last news story of the night is a little bit of a funny one. Meet Tomaton, a wearable robot that feeds you tomatoes as you run. It, It sits on your back. And it and it over its head it brings down a tomato and shoves it in your face. A hmm. Japanese vegetable juice company has designed a new wearable robot that dispenses tomatoes for people to eat while on the go. Tomaton is a robot that can be worn as a backpack, weighing eight kilograms, eighteen pounds. It features a tomato-shaped head with a mouth that opens to dispense the tomato into circular metal arms that when come down over the person's mouth to feed them a tomato. Why would anyone need this, you might ask? Well, according to Kagome, which claims to be Japan's largest supplier of tomato juice and tomato ketchup, people running the Tokyo Marathon really need this. <laughs> Tomatoes have a lot Apparently. of nutrients that c- combats fatigue. Do-do-do. Uh, I think it's a joke, really. I- I've seen the robot. It's funny. There's a commercial for it. It's amusing. Yeah, you wear it as a backpack, and it's just creepy as fuck and kind of hilarious. So... If you get a chance, go out there and look up Tomaton, the robot, uh, T-O-M-A-T-A-N. It's an amusing thing, so give it a look. All right, and that is the end of the show. So where can we find you online, Rovaxen? Mm, I'm sorry, but that last news story didn't make up for the two before. I'm in a bad mood. Yeah. But yeah. if you must, you can find me at Rofaxen on Twitter or just search Rofaxen on my YouTube channel. Or the Google Play Store under Rofaxen as well, where you can buy the beer judging app. And Slothin, where might we find you? I have accounts on the internet where you might unlikely be able to find me. In in descending order of likelihood, there is Twitter, Tumblr, and there is also Google+. Whereas you can likely find at least me in the past on Rofaxen's YouTube channel, where I can be encountered playing... Minecraft, with him, on a thing in the sky with no floor. Agrarian, perhaps? Yeah, that. All right. Well, I can be found as Lauren Law on Twitter and my anime list, but everywhere else can be found as Cure Studios, for example, on Twitter, Tumblr, and Google+. Thank you for listening to today's show. We welcome you to visit our site at Cure Studios. Dot Galaxy 15. Dot radio.
<laughs> it's no curestudios.galaxy15radio.com where you, you can, can click on the donate tab at the top of the page the it gives a boost of moral support also if you have any feedback or news for the show please send an email to curestudios at gmail.com that's k-e-i-r-s-t-u-d-i-o-s at gmail.com if you like our show please subscribe and just for funsies let your friends and possibly family know about us by giving them copies of the shows how slothin because it's been forever since you've been hosting all right, what you need to do is you genetically modify tomatoes so that they automatically, instead of, like, putting up weird spots and splotchies, actually any fruit would do. Tomatoes are berries, by the way. But you modify food items so that they automatically... This would never work. You can't do this. But, no, no, what you do is you tattoo fruit so that it has our URL on them. And then as people are running marathons and having robots shove tomatoes down their throat until they burst, they... um they'll see the website and they'll associate us with horrible agony and pain, but they won't be able to get us out of their minds. So then they'll come on the show and they'll listen to us talking about horrible, horrible things like the police stealing all of your stuff. And then they'll get sad, but they'll be inclined to tell <laughs> other people about it. So that doesn't happen to them either that the tomato shoved down their face by robots of evil or the police stealing their stuff. But yeah, I don't know. I, For some reason, my brain shut off about five minutes ago. Well, at least give us the rundown for the songs that we have for the show. The opening song is Black Runners by Spleen, which you can find at germando.com. Today's closing song is A Little Bird, version 2 by DJ Eclectic Mick, which can be found at soundcloud.com. We leave you now to huddle behind your loved ones in hopes that they'll ta- be taken instead of you. Five, six...
Free.